Folks, The Handlebar is a craft beer bar and restaurant right here in Chico, California, and they have a happy hour seven darn days a week from 2 to 6 p.m. when you get a dollar off every single one of their 28 draft beers. Again, that's The Handlebar right here in Chico on the south end of town at 2070 East 20th Street, the best happy hour in town if you ask me and Johnny. Go check them out. They're open seven days a week. That happy hour, again, is 2 to 6 p.m. every day of the week a dollar off all of their craft beers. Go have a good time. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hey, and welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema, a craft beer and a movie podcast and radio show based in Chico, California. I am Max Minardi. I am Johnny Summers. Welcome to the show. This week on the show, a little role-playing. Johnny and I dive deep into our thoughts on Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. It's a film from directors Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly, based on the internationally beloved tabletop role-playing game, and stars Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez, Justice Smith, and Sophia Lillis. But before we get to that, Johnny, tell these people what we're drinking this week. Yeah, we're going to be ripping two beers from Great Notion Brewing out of Portland, Oregon. We've done them a few times on the show, but it's been a hot minute and it mm-hmm. just felt right. Max is going to be drinking Juice Jr. It is one of Great Notion's flagship hazy IPAs, maybe one of the first ones I had from mm-hmm. them. Uh, it clocks in at 6% and it was picked up at Craft in Reno, where Max currently is. And later in the show, I will be drinking a fruited sour type situation uh, called Unbalanced Breakfast. It's packed with blueberry, maple, and coffee, and that one clocks in at 6.4%. If you're listening on KZFR 90.1 FM, we hope you're having a terrific Thursday. If you haven't had a chance yet to consider pledging for our spring pledge drive, please do consider doing that. You can do that, of course, online at kzfr.org. As a quick reminder, you're only going to be hearing the first 30 minutes of our show today, which include our first beer review and the spoiler-free portion of our discussion of Dungeons & Dragons. That said, if you are so inclined to listen to the show in its entirety, which includes spoilers for D&D, Johnny's beer review, and the always entertaining hot and bothered segment, Johnny will tell you what to do. You're going to go search for Fresh Hop Cinema, the podcast, on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we release new episodes every Friday morning at 7 a.m. and have been doing so almost every single week since 2016. If you like the show, feel free to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend you did. Go brag. Tell them about the cool thing that you just did. You helped a local podcast. Mm. To hang out with us on social media, you're going to search Fresh Hop Cinema on Instagram, Letterboxd, or Untapped, or just head over, or yep, I said Instagram, or head over to our website, freshhopcinema.com. If you want to support us even a little bit extra, you can do so on Patreon, and that's a way for you to give us a couple bucks a month, and in exchange, we give you access to bonus episodes and invites to super secret events, like our 300th episode soiree celebration that we haven't really ironed out the details of, but we know we will be having. Uh, Things like that throughout the year, Um, sometimes exclusive movie nights, or we'll do like a watch along from home. It's a really great group of folks, and if you want to be uh, part of that really great group of folks and support this show, you can do it at patreon.com slash fresh hop cinema am i missing anything about patreon johnny i don't think so it's a good time we have fun we're gonna be doing some barbecues and cool stuff this summer now that it's not rainy and sad so i quite frankly don't think there's been a better time to join than now Okay, housekeeping out of the way, let's get into beer number one, and by let's, I guess I mean me. Uh, Johnny, I pulled some notes off of the Great Notion website. If you wouldn't mind uh, reading those, I'll get myself situated with my beer, and we can go from there. Yeah, Juice Jr., again, from Great Notion in Portland. It's a hazy IPA that's 6%. Great Notion opened back in 2016 with a very different style of IPA that Portland hadn't come to accept quite yet. Uh, Juice Jr. was one of the first hazy IPAs served in Portland. Nowadays, it's safe to say Juice Jr. is here to stay. The single hop mosaic IPA gets its start from a base of Pilsner malt, flaked oats, and wheat in the mash. Junior then gets a large addition of mosaic hops in our whirlpool to start creating the base of tropical aromas and flavors. After our hazy yeast strain ferments, we can start the dry hopping. We add over five pounds of mosaic hops in the dry hop for each barrel of Juice Jr., Our classic juicy IPA is easy drinking and delivers all the pineapple and mango aromas you want from Mosaic Hops. Dude, the Great Notion is a brewery that, like you mentioned, we've covered on the show a bit. You have more experience personally than I do drinking their stuff. 
I want to say the first time I ever had a beer was when you had me try Double Stack, which is an imperial, uh, an imperial stout with like a ton of maple is the idea. Yeah, but ludicrous make, amounts of maple. Ludicrous. I actually saw a four pack at Craft when I was there. I almost picked it up, but I'm not you sure. You should have. Because we can get it, can't we? Or is it kind of tricky? No, we don't get it as much distro wise here. Okay, then I will. I'll do my best to get that before I leave town. Um, but but in my brain, like. Great Notion is basically that beer, but they do make such a wide variety of other beer styles. And for the most part, every time I try one, I'm pretty impressed. And, and on my first impression here, it's no different. But you're are you in the same boat as me? Like most of their beer styles are you're usually a fan of? Yeah, except, I mean, they haven't done a ton of West Coast IPAs and the ones that I don't think mm. I've ever maybe even had one. I was going to say the ones I've had were mids, but i not recalling any. So okay. th- they do haze super well they're very uh diversified when it comes to sours they do a bunch of like smoothie sours right. fruited sours really thick thick juicy boys and then obviously the the stouts they've done a bunch of different variants of of double stack they've got some um oh there's another one that's really famous and i can't remember what it was uh, i actually had barrel age double stack at a bottle share and that one was like super Man. hard to get I bet. Um, and that one was really good, but they do have uh, some excellent adjunct stouts, lots of, lots of really robust flavors that aren't normally in stouts, but they definitely shine through. Like if you've ever had double stack, you know that that's all you taste or smell for maybe the next week is maple. Right. Yeah. Um, bring that to a bottle share. It always ends up being the last beer opened because everyone just knows like, no, that will, that'll ruin you. Right. Well, speaking of your, your point there of like unique adjuncts and strange things to add to, in that case, stouts, but like you're drinking and you almost hesitated when I'd written in the notes, it's a fruited sour. That's what's on untapped. But the stuff that's in your beer later is not necessarily like the most, um, you know, the most predictable adjuncts that you would see in a beer, uh, that you're going to be drinking. So I'm really excited for that later, but I do want to say I haven't had a lot of their IPAs either. I don't think like I've done some of their sour stuff and some stouts, but to find out that this this beer here, Juice Jr. has been around since 2016, and I'm just now trying it for the first time, um, is maybe showing a weird blind spot for me that it's a little bit shameful. But I really enjoy it, man. Off the first drink, I want to also point out this was canned on March 9th, so we're, we're just just barely over a month. Um, and one more shout out here to Craft because we drank a beer from them uh, weeks ago that was called, um, I think it was called, is it Lord Lupulin? Is that the revision beer? Yes, the one that you drank. Right. So I wrote, because we had this whole thing where it tasted really, or I had this thing where it tasted really old. So I reached out to the owner. I was like, hey, you know, I, I don't want to assume, but I'm fairly confident this is bad. So um, the owner gave me a credit for the store, gave me a refund on that. And that's where this beer came from today. So, uh, and it's super fresh, which is wonderful. I think it's a just standout business if you're in Reno. Craft is just great. Um, Juice Jr., though, also good, maybe not great. It's a bit abrasive. When it comes to the carbonation, I'll say just, just, uh, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. It looks like a pretty traditional hazy IPA. There's tons of tropical notes. It's clearly a mosaic hopped beer. Um, fairly sweet as you would expect from a, from a hazy IPA, but there is a biting quality. And I think part of it might be coming from the fact that this is a little bit, uh, aggressively carbonated. I think it's, it's stylistically, uh, not in line with what I was expecting and certainly not in line with the rest of the drinking experience. Ah, so that's intriguing. I wish I could be there tasting it with you. I'd love to figure out where that abrasiveness is coming from. Cause if it, if it goes towards like hoppy abrasive and like bitter on the finish, mm-hmm. that would make me like it more. Yep. But if it's like abrasive in a way that makes it unpleasant, I'd be curious to taste that. Yeah. I think it's a little bit of, well, I would say the unpleasantness would be either way, but you sort of enjoy that hot bite. So I think there is some of that, but there's also like, it's really carbonated. It's, it's bordering on like a, like a kombucha situation or even, even like a soda pop kind of that's. And for that style, it shouldn't be that bubbly, man. That's no. Yeah. You kind of want like a, like a, a smoother, almost kind of creamier body. And this doesn't quite have that, but I really do enjoy everything else that's going on. I'm going to, I'm going to try it again here, but all the flavors that you described from their website that, well, I guess that they described that you read um, are pretty much there verbatim. It's, it's very solid flavors. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 super solid, man. There is there is just that punch right at the end um, that's kind of putting me off a tiny bit. Okay. Huh. Well, I'd like to revisit that beer. I haven't had it in some time. I remember thinking it was like good, not great. Yeah. Um, 
like it was a really solid offering, but they they have a series of beers called Ripe. They do Ripe, Underripe, mm-hmm. Overripe, uh, and those ones I always liked a little bit more than than Juice Junior. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, a good solid offering, and it's nothing to shake a stick at. I do have a beer pop quiz for you. Oh boy, go yeah. So in the in the description, they said that they use over five pounds of mosaic hops for each barrel of Juice Junior. Sure. How many gallons are in a barrel of beer? In a barrel, isn't mm-hmm. it like isn't it like a hundred and twenty? No, is it way is it way less? <laughs> yes, uh, I don't know how many. Uh, a barrel of beer is thirty one gallons. Oh, it is. Okay, so that's why we call the standard format of large kegs in uh, the United States uh, half barrels because they're half a barrel, which is fifteen point gotcha. five gallons. Sure. Okay. Well, that's so great. five pounds for thirty one gallons. That's just that's the ratio of hops to to liquid. I feel yeah. like we shed some light on that. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it's 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 certainly a hop forward beer. That's not really surprising. Even picturing, you know, what five pounds of that would look like in in that relatively small amount of liquid is uh, wildly. It's, it's a ton, but it makes sense for what I'm tasting. If I do get back to craft before I have to leave town tomorrow, I'll pick up another one of these because I would like to see what you think now. When when is the last time you've had Juice Junior? Do you think it's, it's within the last year? Oh, that recently. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Yeah. They also do one, if I'm not mistaken, called uh, Juice Senior, which makes total sense. And I don't know off the top of my head, but I would guess it's like a double IPA, like a, a you know, just like an imperial version of this. But have you had that one? Uh, I believe so. I don't remember it uh, with enough detail to say if it's like better or worse. I'd have to drink it again. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's pretty much all I have on this, man. It's I like... It's almost tougher to talk about beers that aren't, and we've we've talked about this before. That aren't, a, you know, abrasively terrible or amazing. And this mm-hmm. this is not by any means totally middle of the road, but it's you know, if you're going to ask me what it is between one and ten, it's like a seven. It's above average, pretty good, not amazing. I'd drink it again. I'm not going to maybe go searching for it if I was given a choice of other um, other IPAs that maybe I hadn't had. I think I would be more curious to try something new if that puts it in perspective at all. Okay, yeah, it's it's kind of like that old faithful like it's it's there if you want it if it's yes it's the only thing at a barbecue you'll drink it it makes total sense why this has been kind of one of their go-to ipas for this long since 2016 Mm -hmm. because it's just it seems super reliable it's one of those beers that feels very much like a local beer like if you were in any of the neighborhoods um and they're mostly in portland and i think they have a couple of tap rooms in seattle and if i'm not mistaken there's also one in berkeley california um Uh, and they have a a distribution depot in sacramento hmm. Okay. Um, I've known a few people that have like ordered cases online and picked up from there. That's fun. But I guess, I guess more in the, in the Portland sense of this being more of a neighborhood, kind of an OG where it started place. Mm-hmm. I could see this being a huge local favorite. Like, yeah, I've been drinking juice junior for six years. And that's what I just, what I drink when I sit at the bar on a Wednesday night. Like it's yeah. got that vibe to it, which I, I think is really great. If you have a local brewery bar and you just fall in love with one of those beers, I think there's a great place in most people's hearts for that kind of experience. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's something to be said about a beer that kind of plays it safe. It adds a predictability to it. And that's kind of if just from being on the, the other side of the beer industry. It's something you want in a year round product. You want it to be maybe not the most sexy and exciting or polarizing. Yeah. You want it to have mass appeal. Dude, and if you have that, it gives you the latitude as a brewery because you have the support from your fans that you have something solid. And I think people will be more forgiving if you want to be a little bit experimentational with it and do some stuff that's weird and they're not always going to be hits versus like having a crappy lineup of four beers that are just okay and then being like, all right, now we're going to try Wild Ales. It's like, hang on, you got to you gotta learn to walk before you can run, my guys. Yeah, and I think exactly. they do that really well. I think that gives, yeah, it gives Great Notion quite a bit of room to, to try their weirder stuff, which is... Uh, again, getting back to what you're going to try later in the show. Can't wait to hear about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are my thoughts on this. Do you have anything else that you wanted to ask me about this beer? You're feeling pretty good too. I think I'm there. I will say they do a year-round West Coast IPA called Magnetic West. So okay. if you happen to see that, I'd be very interested to try it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you were talking to me. I will for sure get it. But if anybody else happens to see that and tries it, obviously, let us know what you think. Um, again, so that's Juice Junior for me. It's a seven. Um, Johnny, if, if I do get a chance to grab some, I will... Uh, update maybe our podcast notes with your rating. Uh, but once again, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema. Uh, do you think I got this beer wrong? Do you think I got it right? You can easily get in touch. Give me a high five if you want or slap me on the wrist. You can message us on Instagram at fresh underscore hop underscore cinema. Or if you want, you can send an email to fhccast at gmail.com. We do love feedback. And hey, if you like the show, please, please, please take 30 seconds and leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts.
Yeah, man. It really does only take a couple seconds, and it's one of the most efficient ways to help us get our show in front of new potential listeners. You have to overcome that algorithm. Yeah. Incoming is a trailer for Dungeons and Dragons. If you haven't seen it, fear not. There are no spoilers in our next segment, so don't go anywhere. The adventure begins. Here's the thing. We're a team of thieves. Then when you do this, you're bound to make enemies. Sometimes those enemies come looking for revenge. Truth be told, we help the wrong person steal the wrong thing. We didn't mean to unleash the greatest evil the world has ever known. But we're gonna fix it. So how do we pull that off? Uh, figure it out over a drink. Probably best. You need to give us a fighting chance. We're gonna need strength. You got this, right? I know you don't. We also need courage, magic, and you. What is that again? It's an owl there. Let's go! Be warned. There is evil here. I'm glad he's on our side. This one's dangerous. But whatever happens... We'll be ready. What's it exactly that you bring to this? I'm a planner. I make plans. You've already made the plan, so... If the existing plan fails, I make a new plan. So you make plans that fail? No. He also plays the loot. Not relevant. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema. It's a show about the worlds of craft beer and film. If you're listening on the radio waves of KZFR 90.1 FM, you're only going to be hearing the first half of our show on the radio today. But if you'd like to hear the whole thing, you can go subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema on Apple Podcasts or wherever quality podcasts are found. It will be available to to listen or stream or lream, (laughs) as the case may be, uh, tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. So at the end of this, if you just can't get enough old man, Max and Johnny, please go have a listen. So again, that was a trailer for Dungeons and Dragons, colon, Honor Among Thieves, uh, for which the internet letterbox synopsis goes thusly. A charming thief and a band of unlikely adventurers undertake an epic heist to retrieve a lost relic, but things go dangerously awry when they run afoul of the wrong people. Uh, this film stars Chris Pine, uh, Michelle Rodriguez, like I said, Justice Smith, Sophia Lillis, Hugh Grant is in this, um, and Reggae Jean Page, which I did look up. That is how you say his name. It is Reggae Jean, which I think is very cool. Um, we're going to go through some words here that that a certain portion of people will not know outside of the context of making fun of nerds in high school. And before you do, jerk listener, know that Johnny and I are on the side of the nerd here because these are this is universes we like to swim in. Uh, so we're going to talk about things like bards and barbarians and sorcerers and druids and rogues and paladins. And because this is based on, this isn't just an original movie, it's based on the 1974 tabletop role-play game. Um, it's also, this film is technically a descendant in a line of relatively unsuccessful feature films. There was one mm-hmm. in 2000, there was one in 2005, uh, there was one in 2012, the first being called by one critic, a wheezy quest story steeped in hobbity gibberish and secondhand Star Wars costumery featuring a cast so uniformly uncharismatic you may pine for the methody depths of Kerwin Matthews. The movie has the cheap software look of something found on the Space Channel at 4 a.m., which is something I forgot even existed. Um, <laughs> anyways, this movie was originally set for release on uh, July 23rd, back in 2022, before being pushed to November 19th, and then pushed again, and was eventually premiered at South by Southwest on March 10th of this year, 2023. Got wide release on March 31st. Runs two hours and 14 minutes. And like I said, it was directed by Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly. Johnny, do you think we should, uh, a lot of Johns in today's episode, actually, there's three in a row if I count you. Do you <laughs> want to go over character names 
do you think that's important in, in understanding this movie? Cause I, I have them in front of me and so do you. And I think that makes it easy for us, but with character names, like, like forge Fitzwilliam and, and zinc Yendar and like Holga Kilgore, I think a loss could, a lot could get lost, you know, unless people have a cheat sheet. So I don't know if it's worth it, but you know. I think the best way to do this is say the actor, the character they play and kind of their class. Cause I'm going to be either saying Chris Pine or the barbarian, the sorcerer, the paladin, sure. that sort of thing. Okay. Yeah. So Chris Pine plays Edgen Darvis. He's the bard. He, he has a lute and he also kind of makes the plans. Um, then you have Michelle Rodriguez who plays Holga Kilgore. She's a barbarian. She's kind of the muscle. Justice Smith uh, is uh, Simon Almar. He's a, he's a, an up and coming young, um, thus far sort of unsuccessful sorcerer. And then Sophia Lillis plays Doric. She's a, an, a, like a half elvish druid. Um, in this case, like a shape-shifting sort of magical being. And then Hugh Grant plays Forge Fitzwilliam. He's a rogue. He's a con man. Um, he's he's ultimately sort of the bad guy. He, he, he betrays them and it's in the trailer. So I feel okay saying that. Um, mm-hmm. By the way, we can talk about Hugh Grant here as a villain because he's been doing that a lot lately. And I think he's really good at it. <laughs> I do too. It's a great lane for him. Yeah. And then again, we have uh, Reggae Jean Page who plays Zenk Yendar. He's a paladin, which if you aren't familiar, is sort of like like noble holy warriors, like very talented, um, sometimes partially magical fighters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then there's some like witches and sorcerers and, and monsters that we can get into, but that's kind of the the main players in this film. So let's get into it. Johnny, um, did anything that I say about your affection for this type of world. Was, was any of that incorrect? Not at all. Okay. I've been reading high fantasy books since high school. I consume quite a bit of high fantasy content, all, uh, whether it's video games, movies, TV series, uh, anything I can get my hands on. I am also the proud owner of at least three pairs of D&D dice. Right. Uh, got all the handbooks. I have dabbled in the, the dungeons and in the dragons before. So no, I think if anything, it was a bit understated. I am a, a big okay. fan of all things high fantasy and, and kind of dungeons and dragons adjacent. Okay. Then on that note, you mentioned dice and you, you're talking more about the game itself. So I actually reached out to one of our longtime listeners and, and patron and um, general uh, generally good guy. And I believe, is he, is he a dungeon master? <laughs> Which I have he so is. much fun saying, okay, we're going to hear from my friend Jared Schmidt, who's going to give us kind of the 30 second elevator pitch for Dungeons and Dragons. So here's Jared. Uh, my name is Jared Schmidt and I'm the dungeon master for the White Oak Dungeons and Dragons Club. Um, D&D to me and my friends is using a set of rules laid out in a rule book to collectively tell a story together. And it is an absolutely wonderful time. You use dice to uh, enjoy some parts of uh, chance, a little bit of luck here and there, but collectively you get together with your friends and you tell a story using your characters and the world built by the Dungeon Master. And it's a wonderful time and I cannot recommend it enough. Okay, that's better than I could have explained it. I watched a five minute YouTube video um, uh, and it's always like people that are really passionate about it. Cause I think you really have to be invested to, to play these sorts of tabletop games. Cause they last a long time. Do they not? A uh, campaign can last years campaign. Yeah. I don't fully understand. I'd like to watch people play this sometime. Cause I really, cause it's just storytelling, isn't it? Um, yes and no, it's, it's interactive, um, creating a story. It's not so much storytelling. It's more, you're kind of creating your own adventure, in that you build a character, you roll for statistics as like your starting point, mm-hmm. and then you have a dungeon master who's following like a loose guideline of like maybe the way a quest can go, but they can introduce elements or villains or artifacts or weapons or anything of that nature that can add to the quest, make it more challenging, make it impossible, whatever. So it's it's kind of a you're, it's not really like making a novel. It's it's literally you have this character. It's I mean, tabletop role playing games are very involved, and it's it's kind of an amalgam of novels meets like video games, but in a, a very tactile okay tactile way. All right. Well, so if that sounds great to you, and you have years to to participate in a campaign, you should play Dungeons and Dragons. If you don't, and you only have two hours and fourteen minutes, you can see the movie like we did. So let's get into it, Johnny. What did you think of Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves? I tell you, the the first word that comes to mind is fun. Mm. This movie was a whole bunch of fun to watch. 
the characters I thought were very well written in the context of this film. The tone of this movie uh, is probably a bit more jovial than some other Dungeons and Dragons content. I think it struck a really nice balance of, let's say, let's go with Guardians of the Galaxy, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. early Avengers type ensemble comedy stuff. Uh, mixed with quite a bit of lore from the actual Dungeons and Dragons universe, um, yep. that I think it, it did a lot of fan service to people that are fans of the game and that and that content in general, uh, as well as it provided a movie that was massively entertaining, gorgeous to look at, rad special effects. I mean, there was a wizard fight. That's yeah. One way to get me to love a movie is have a wizard fight, dude. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna so, write that down. Yeah. So it had these elements of of the deep lore as well as something very approachable to maybe like a casual moviegoer that isn't as familiar or you know nerding out i would say as as some people over this stuff right and that balance ended up being a, a really fun movie man it was a great experience you don't watch movies like this for academy award winning acting it's it's very in the vein of hardcore action movies but just sprinkled in with a bunch of stereotypically nerdy lore, which I totally loved. I was here for it. I had a really good time with it, and uh, I, I liked it quite a bit. Yeah, I I did too, man. I I think it's a tough balance to strike getting the the stakes to feel even kind of real and also maintaining that jovial spirit you're talking about. But I think this movie mm-hmm. does it really well. I think part of that is Chris Pine, who, when given the opportunity, can be very funny. Same with Michelle Rodriguez when she doesn't have to just do like the the sidekick to um, Vin Diesel's Dominic Toretto, and she's mm-hmm. able to like make a couple jokes. I think she's super funny. Hugh Grant also very funny in like a like unintimidating yet when he wants to be menacing kind of joking way. Like he's, we can talk about what happens with his character once we get into spoilers, but it's great. Like I had so much fun with this movie. I think a lot of a lot of what you're talking about is like the deep lore and and like the wizarding stuff. And I I almost think I thought this movie was going to deter people because of like a feeling that you need all of this previous knowledge, but I, you genuinely don't have to have played the games. Like there's not that much fan service. Like there was in like matrix resurrections or whatever the last one was like mm-hmm. where you have to have seen the other ones. You have to love all the matrices, matrix matrices really to appreciate the last one. This one you can just go into a, obviously if you love D and D B, if you just love fantasy or C, if you don't know anything about any of that and you just want like a decent, uh, early summer blockbuster, like this does a pretty good job. Yeah, I agree 100%. But also, if you're a nerd like me, you'll get really excited when you see the gelatinous cube. Oh, yeah, that was super fun. Dude, I, I've seen a lot of movies recently, um, and we've kind of been off the air, but like I've seen John Wick 4. I saw Creed. Um, I swear there's one more that I watched uh, like on the plane to England a couple weeks ago, but I can't remember because it was like a 14-hour flight and it all kind of blended together. But this one was one that I thought was going to be bad. I just figured they were going to drop the ball, and I, it was one of my most surprising movies this year. I really, really loved it. I think The Wizard Fight, by the way, is awesome. One of my favorite movies of all time, The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, has mm-hmm. a wizard fight that compared to this is not the most fun. They do like fun special effects, and it's so bright and cool and exciting. And like I'm all for like Gandalf and Saruman just like, stabbing the air towards each other with their staves, but you know, I don't, know. It's just, you know, I don't, I don't want to be blasphemous towards Lord of the Rings, but there's something slightly more engaging about like seeing the magical effects happen. Exactly. One of my favorite wizard fights is in the animated film, the sword in the stone. Oh, I haven't seen that since I was a kid, but okay. Yeah. There's an epic wizard fight with shape shifting and spells cool. and cha- two wizards chasing each other around a forest. It was fantastic. Is there a character called the page master in that movie? Uh, that's a or different is that the movie, movie. The page master. <laughs> yep. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I think I think this movie also my other little note I have is it'd be so easy for this to fall into the realm of being too goofy. And I'm trying to think of a movie that's done that. I can't think off the top of my head, like one in, in a very similar vein, but um this strikes a perfect balance of goofy and sincere. There's a whole there's a whole plot line that is essentially the motivating uh the driving force for um Chris Pine's bard to to go on this quest in the first place. His, his wife passes away. And they're after this this tablet to to bring her back to life, essentially. And that plotline is stitched really well with the other characters in the auxiliary of this whole band of um, misfits. 
And I think yeah. that through line, that emotional through line, manages to keep the movie from going too goofy, even when it's threatening to like really push that goofy boundary a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I mean that's a good that's a good plot in any movie is like as outlandish as the stakes are and the crazy monsters or aliens or whatever the case may be that you're having to defeat this big bad that that human element is the thread that really runs yeah. through the whole thing and it, it makes it identifiable because i've never uh, encountered a gelatinous cube but mm-hmm. i have had you know personal conflict so it it, it, it elicits sure. some empathy and makes it a more identifiable movie for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um any any nitpicks you want to get at before we give it a rating? I mean the hmm that's tough. There there's well, then don't small, do it. You don't I have mean, to. I okay. There's a nitpick, but it's it's a it's a double-edged sword of a nitpick. Okay. Um I think this movie held back a lot and I think they were setting themselves up as maybe a, a franchise if this does well. Mm-hmm. Um, Which by the they, way it's they, doing really well. I yeah, and it's got getting good reviews. I read some uh, just briefly after. I hate to read reviews before we record, yeah. uh, but the general consensus, like Rotten Tomatoes, for example, is it it's it's doing okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a, a series that will continue with Chris Pine as the Bard, uh, and I think you will see a lot more deep diving into magic and spells and powers and enchanted weapons. So part of me wanted more of that in this movie, but a big part of me is also like they were holding back. They could mm-hmm. do so much more. I think that maybe we'll see more of that in future films, which fingers crossed for that. So that would be a nitpick is right. I thought they were holding back, playing a little bit safe, didn't go too uh, head in, head over heels, whatever you want to say, mm-hmm. into the fantasy stuff. All right. Fair enough. Well, give me an out of 10, Johnny Summers. Out of 10 for me, it was like a 9-1. I really liked <laughs> this so movie. High. It's so high, dude. But okay. like, there was a wizard fight, man. I, know, I, get I, it. I can't. This movie. I am this movie's demographic. I know you are. For me, it's an eight. It's super good. I'll watch it again. I'll watch it again today if I could. I have to go to work, but uh, it's so much fun. Like, yeah, it, it's a blast of a movie. I actually didn't ask Jared when he had sent me that clip um, if he had seen it yet, but obviously, like. I want to hear what he thinks. We want to hear what you guys think too. Um, Cause it's one of those movies that um, doesn't take a lot of emotional investment, which is really nice, but the payoff can be um, clearly pretty high. Cause we both really dug it. Yeah. Johnny, do you have anything else on D and D for now? Um, most fun I've had watching something related to this since onward shout out to onward. Once again, you've been listening to fresh hop cinema, possibly on KZFR 90.1 FM. Again, we are in the midst of a pledge drive. If you have a couple extra bucks you can do, uh, to put towards independent local radio, we sure would appreciate it. Dungeons and dragons is currently in theaters. If you've seen it and you have thoughts of your own, you can reach us on Instagram by searching Fresh Hop Cinema, or you can send an email to fhccast at gmail.com. As a reminder, if you want to hear the rest of today's amazing conversation, which includes spoilers for D&D, Johnny's Beer Review, and Hot and Bothered, head over to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema. That's right. And to our radio listeners, thanks for tuning in. The rest of this episode will be out tomorrow morning, bright and early at 7 a.m. on all major podcast platforms. We'll catch you next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. on KZFR 90.1 FM, people-powered radio. And until then, watch some films and drink something that makes your senses sizzle. Maybe roll a 20-sided dice if you're feeling froggy. To those of you currently listening in podcast form, we'll be right back with The Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Welcome to the Danger Zone, ladies and gents and everything else. We're spoiling the movie. Here we go. <laughs> um, Johnny, where do you want to start? Can I actually, let me, let me take that back. Here's where I want to start. <laughs> Rude. Nope, mine now. There's a cameo. <laughs> There's a cameo. And I guess we can say it because, again, we're spoiling the movie. You haven't seen it. That's your final warning. But Bradley fucking Cooper. What a fun little, what a fun little unexpected. <laughs> well, you got to say he's little. Well, you know, uh, uh, for those that haven't seen it and just didn't care, Bradley Cooper is essentially um, Holga's, who is, I'm going to go to character names now. Okay. Okay. She's, he's Holga's ex and he's not a dwarf. I'm not sure what that uh, race is. Uh, in uh, Dungeons and Dragons, fuck, why do I know this? In Dungeons and Dragons, he's considered a halfling. A halfling, okay. Like a okay, so it's a hobbit. Uh, yes and no. They don't have any different characteristics like feet. Like They're just hobbits small. are 
Hobbits are foot specific. Uh, halflings mean, are literally just scaled down regular proportion people and they wear shoes and shit. I guess that's true. But but if you ignore that, they live in like houses built into the hills and they really love eating and walking in nature and like gardening. They're fucking hobbits, yeah, essentially. They're, they're, they're mini elves. Um, there no, are no waros, though. I don't know what that is, but whatever. Fine, we don't have time for all the well, probably all the D and D lingo. Did did that A did that cameo work for you? B did that special effect of of the shrinking of the full scale human work for you? Yeah, it did. Just because I know halflings exist, and I thought it was really funny that she was married to one. That's one thing, but I mean, like, I mean the actual like to me, it kind of looked like a, a bad special effect. Oh yeah, it was a little unbelievable. I mean, just visually, obviously yes. it's unbelievable because we know Bradley Cooper's large, but <laughs> no, we know it's no, we know it's unbelievable because that's not real, Johnny. Yeah. Not because Bradley Cooper isn't one of them because they aren't real. <laughs> we know it's because Bradley Cooper's a, he's probably a paladin, but you know. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, it, the, the effect was a little odd because especially when they were interacting. You yeah. Know, it you just had, doesn't look quite right. Yeah. You could tell it was a little little uncanny in that valley. Yeah, I took a point away from Lord of the Rings earlier for the wizard fight. I'm going to give it back because of the scaling and, and the practical effects they use in those movies. Just incredible. Still holds up so immaculately today. So good. And all the stuff they did with perspective. That's what I mean. F- yeah, yeah. 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 You're not really wrong. Um, okay. So where else do you want to go from this? I mean, the Hugh Grant twist is not really a twist. He turns into the bad guy. Um, was there anything that really surprised you about the movie? Um. The way that it was tied together with that human ele- element that we talked mm-hmm. about, that it wasn't all just about the stakes. And um, I did love that just like anything D&D high fantasy related, it was all about the mini quests, mm-hmm. the, the the things that you have to do and items you have to gain to achieve the bigger goal. Yeah, And I, I loved that. I love that they had to, to raid a crypt. There was some some dungeon crawling mm-hmm. and, and some good humor in that dungeon. There was also a dragon. Um, I think if you call your movie Dungeons and Dragons, you need at least one of each. There was one incredibly <laughs> overweight dragon that was fantastic. Yeah, it was great. Um, but I, I really enjoyed all those side quests. They, they brought a feel of familiarity. Like if you've mm-hmm. ever, you know, you played Diablo, any yeah, game sure. like that has its roots in this sort of mythology. And, and there's always the special enchanted item or, or, other bad guy you have to yeah. defeat to get this to that. It's all sequential. So I loved that they threw stuff like that in there. It wasn't just the main quest. Um, and I also really liked that there was this kind of pr- uh, teased, like big conflict at the end, but it wasn't mm-hmm. the focus of the whole movie. Yes. So it kind of subverted the expectations of what you thought the the main quest was. They kind of had this big pivot at the end, which wasn't, out of left field, but it was nice that that wasn't the primary focus of every single plot point in the whole movie. Agreed. Yeah. I think, you know, what movie I kept thinking of without realizing it was ready player one, which is a movie that that owes unabashedly is like derived from this kind of stuff, which is like, yeah, quest driven things. I love enchanted amulets and like cursed helmets and like, you know, that kind of stuff is so cool. And, and as fans of this sort of ethos we've come to expect that kind of like the helm of dysfunction or whatever like i don't mm-hmm. really need to know what it does to understand that it's important and i'm on board with our heroes getting that helmet they need to get it they, they just gotta get to, it to do the thing yeah they have to go raid a dungeon to find it yeah right um i think my, my one of my bigger nitpicks um is maybe more of a testament to the performance and the casting but but reggae jean page as zank yendar the paladin was just wow what a i heard this uh this guy on tiktok one time said that he never under he's like i never understand why women are always like so enamored by like firefighters or whatever and then one day my house was on fire and i passed out and i was being carried out by this big burly guy and i woke up in his arms and he just looked down and he said i got you and he carried me out and put me in the car and that kind of energy he, that guy in the moment was like <laughs> i was so attracted to that guy that's the kind of energy that that zank yendar puts out in this movie oh big time he, he just was handles it I would watch a movie about him for sure. Absolutely. Uh, and his comedy. He was really funny. He might have yeah. been the funniest, funniest character in the movie. He's great. And there's like a self-awareness to it like that I actually don't think the character really has, but the actor maybe threw in to give it some some personality. Where like he's mm-hmm. like doesn't understand sarcasm or uh, or irony or anything. But then like he kind of smiles at the camera a couple times when yeah. he does make a joke. He's great. And then, of course, very smartly, I think, they only have him in there for like 40 minutes. Yeah. 
that said, it is like he's such a good fighter. It's kind of like in Lord of the Rings where they have the army of the dead and then they leave before the battle at Mordor. It's like y'all couldn't have hung around for another twenty five minutes to help us kind of win. Exactly. Well, and I think he is he's a really good character, especially being as endearing as he is. And you're like, oh God, I want more of him. Yeah. To have him be like a crux of the next movie. Like he would be a great centerpiece. Yes. Just imagine like him and Chris Pine bantering all day on the road. Sure. Like that's yeah. So I think they set themselves up future wise to have that character be more involved and and I'd be here for more of that, hundred percent. Let's talk about Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant. Two two episodes in a row on our show, he's shown up as uh arguably a bad guy, if not the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so like in, in the latest Guy Ritchie film, which by the way, you know Guy Ritchie has another movie coming out yeah, like next month. I just month? saw a trailer for it the, last night watching baseball. It's like directed by Guy Ritchie. And you'd be like, What? What do you what it's like a it's almost like a you know those like American war movies that are too American? I thought it was like, a sequel to American Sniper for it's a second. It's got that vibe where it's like, fuck the Taliban and brown people. We are America. We shit on you. Like that yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie isn't quite there, but it, it did. I was so caught off guard. and was like, yeah, Guy Ritchie. And it's like, what? What are you talking God. about? He's all over the place, dude. Aladdin and then that and then Friggin the- Wrath of Man. Yeah. Yeah, just wild. And then the movie that I'm bringing up on purpose, which is Operation Fortune, um, mm-hmm. where Hugh Grant does like this. He's goofy and unintimidating and not a threat for most of the movie. And then he has this power play at the end of that movie that just you really believe it. And he does the same thing here. Like you, He's such a slippery little snaky kind of guy. And he sells he plays a good rogue so well. He plays a yeah. great rogue. Very um, roguelike. But he even did the same thing in um, in The Gentleman, where he plays like the, the sleazy reporter. Very good. He knows how to manipulate people. And I, yeah. as, as, as an actor, he's really able to sell that character, which I guess means he's really able to manipulate to say, me. I thought you were about to say, as an actor, I really enjoy his role. No, what? <laughs> like you're an actor. The way oh, you no, said no, no. that, I thought you were. <laughs> and as, no, yeah. as an actor. Right. Yeah. Um, I thought he was great. I would, I would watch so many movies with Hugh Grant being the villain. You know, it's a role that he's kind of stepping into later in life. He's really transitioned from being, you know, the the male centerpiece in rom-coms yeah. to, you know, being this heartthrob to being kind of like I loved him in in um the movie whose name I can never remember. Sure. Moulin Rouge de Garde or whatever. You're either saying uh, are you saying Moulin the, Rouge or are you saying something the, else? The one the Rouge Oh, Operation Fortune. Just say that. Yeah, Operation yeah. Fortune. I can't remember I couldn't remember it during that episode. I can't remember it now. It's okay. Have a more memorable name. That's a pretty memorable name, dude. Operation Fortune. It's not. It Operation Fortune bag. Ruse de Guerre. I can't even I say it right. I don't like it. I don't like it. You don't have name. to like it, but that doesn't mean it's not memorable. It's not memorable. The construction of the sentence is all wrong. Operation anything. You need a word with sh- less syllables is the second word. That's all I'm saying. I'll tell them to dumb down the next one for you. I'll, I'll, write, I'll write to the production company. All that to say, I did enjoy him. And even in The Gentleman, he had that kind of slimy mirth to him where it was like just below the surface, he's capable of some crazy shit. Like you could just tell. Uh, And it was definitely dumbed down and a bit more, I would say, not kid friendly, but less overtly criminal um, in this one. And it was... But I do love him like that, man. He's like he's total career turnaround. And I think it's playing to his age and he's just got like a good villain face. And that's not something I ever thought I would say about him. Right. Um, I could have done without the love story between the sorcerer and the druid. I mean, I, it's nice no. to have in there, I guess. But it no, I like it. I changed forced. my mind. I like it. It's fine. It felt forced at the beginning, but I, I think I liked it because it was good for um, the the wizard's. Uh, character development. Yeah. It was just overcoming a lot of insecurity. Uh, I loved the druid. She was so awesome. She turned into a goddamn bear owl. Owl bear. I mean, owl bear. You know, I was starting to question the rules of this because, like, at one point, she turns into that to fight, um, like, a, um, like a, what do you call it, like a gargoyle lizard dragon? That was a stone, stone dragon. Yeah. And, does does she only is she only able to because she turns into like a mouse and a snake at one point and a like a falcon, um, like a bunch and like a worm, so and which are all by the way like if you don't know real animals owl bear to my knowledge not real, but so well, if she can I invent would, animals do something no, bigger to fight the big fat dragon how about, I would go I would posit that she can transform into animals that exist in this universe 
my point still stands, turn into a dragon to fight the dragon. I mean, sure. That and would have been cooler. That's a traditional wizard fight move. Totally. Yeah. What movie I is agree. it where they turn into two snakes and fight? Is it like Harry Potter? It feels like a Harry Potter movie. Yeah, that was. Is it? Yeah, the one where they were learning all the parcel tongue and stuff. And that's when they make two snakes fight. No, that's when a snake. That's, <laughs> that's when Malfoy tries to get a snake. Hang on. There's a snake that tries to bite a student. Oh, that was in the bathroom, the giant snake. No, that's, and don't say that. It's inappropriate. It's, it's. Oh, there it's, was a giant I know, snake in the, the bathroom. It's the, par, it's the basilisk. Yes. But no, I'm talking about when they fight. You're right. When they're developing, he's like finding out that he has partial tongue. Cause he's yeah. like, and then like the snake mm -hmm. starts like about to kill like Ron or something like that. Yep. Who, to be honest, if a snake's coming at you, like maybe don't just stand there. You idiot. Move. Well, he's a Weasley. He's not the also, if boy. you're if you're an instructor at Hogwarts, maybe don't let a snake stare down a student when it's being enchanted by the chosen one. You know, I don't I'm know. I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm not headmaster, so I don't yeah. make those rules. All that to say, I don't think she can make up animals. Well, I think she, yeah, okay. I think that's something in this universe because there was all kinds of weird little creatures running around. I did like the creatures, I, but still, like when when she's fighting, she always picks something that's like the same size. Like she could have just she could turn into a dragon and fought the red wizard witch lady, mm -hmm. fight over. Yeah, but I guess she does beat it, beat her with the bear owl. And there was a there was a very like ripped from Avengers when the Hulk mm -hmm. smashes Loki around. Yep, same thing right at the end. Oh, but this still one was satisfying. still so satisfying. So satisfying. Did you catch? I'm sure you did. The the Marvel shot of them all in a group and the cameras the, the, doing that low 360 the around the yeah totally. Yeah, that's it's a so, great that's a shot. Marvel. It's a great. I mean, it's. It I think they call it a hero up. shot. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. I was it's so amazing. here for it. Yeah, and it was nice to see it in a movie that didn't have like played out plot points and tired superpowers. Yes, the the um, the grave scene went on too long for me. That joke didn't work quite as long as they wanted it to for me. See, I thought it was hilarious. Really? Yeah. I think it was okay. I it just there were like it happened like nine times, and I would have been okay after three or four. Like I said, this this movie, I am its demographic. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay. Um, mm -hmm. I, you know, you know who else I could have done without of uh, with who else I could have done without um, mm. is his daughter, her performance. <laughs> and you're gonna you're gonna get to meet her more uh, if you finish that movie, sixty five. That's the other movie I saw, by the way, sixty five, with mm. Adam Driver, the, the dinosaur movie, dinosaur she, space movie. She, yeah, sorry, she's in there also. Yeah, and she's she just would, she just has to cry. That's her whole thing, and it's this movie and that one, and it's a bummer because I think she might, I don't know, she might be a talented actress, but she just has to be like the damsel in everything. We'll never know. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, I hope we do, but so far we don't know. No, um, that's pretty much um, all I've got, dude. Well, that's that's a really broad sweeping thing to say because she, like just her performance or that character Both. you could do without. Both. But get that that's what makes the human through line of this movie like we talked about how great that that is that it's got that human element, but like she's the whole reason for all of it. Now you're telling me you don't want her in the movie? I don't mind the character motivation being the daughter, but I don't need the daughter in the movie as much as she was. Okay. And I certain like I just don't need it there's just there wasn't enough there to justify casting a whole nother human to deliver those lines i don't think. i don't know i don't think we should have all this emotional investment in what chris pine's gonna do if we don't ever see who his daughter is that'd be weird i don't know maybe maybe oh by the way last thing i had about the the romantic two the sorcerer and the druid no no chemistry between those two actors i don't think no there was no sizzle in that pain. no sizzle so that was that was poor casting as well i think or just maybe they just yeah maybe it was casting maybe they just didn't like each other who knows either way casting yeah uh anyway now that's uh, all i have on this movie i think you're reaching on his daughter shouldn't have been in the movie i think you're reaching <laughs> on that one but i'll give you I'm, the, the I'm no chemistry i'm sticking in this one I'm, i don't it's care. a hot take i don't you know, his whole, his daughter his whole motivation for doing any of this yeah, we didn't fucking i like the motivation i don't like the actor or the performance or the character itself but i like we literally don't have enough time for me to change my mind so that's where i have to stick now all right. <laughs> so, um, that's all I got. You got anything else on this? I, um, I think you should all see it. It was great. All right. Let's get you a beer, big boy. Johnny, I'm going to remind people, since you'll be doing the drinking here, this is Unbalanced Breakfast from Great Notion. It's technically on their website. It's listed as a fruited sour. And they say this. 
The boring bowl of oatmeal can wait, because we have the most important meal of the day covered. We've made you another unbalanced breakfast. Side note, I'd like to figure out what they mean by that. Our popular sour beer is back with more blueberry and maple syrup with a blast of Mostra coffee beans. We take our coffee seriously, and we take it with a bit of milk sugar for a touch of sweetness to start the weekend with. Unbalanced breakfast is a little sweet and a little sour with a 6.4% ABV. What a lot! What a lot to unpack here, Johnny. You've uh, you're lactose intolerant. You got yourself covered. Yep. You got. Um, yep. I got my pills in hand. We're great. good. Okay. Have you poured it? Have you tried it? I've poured it. I have not tried it. But man, colors. It smells well. Colors. It's mm, reddish brown. Um, mm. Pretty <laughs> not see through. Very reddish brown. I'm hearing mud. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, fine. How's it? How's it smell? Okay, I tasted it, but I'll tell you how it smells first. It smells like blueberry pancakes with coffee. What a great what a great thing. Yep. Like it, it immediately pleasant. Like I love blueberry pancakes with maple syrup. They're so good. And yeah, it really does smell like a whole plate of breakfast. Yeah, it's those three smells. Blueberry pancakes, maple syrup, coffee, in a beer. That's what it smells like. Love it. Okay. How does it taste? It doesn't smell subtle either. It's, right. There's no mistaking it. I think my neighbors might smell this beer since the window's open. Sure. Lucky them. It smells so good. How does it taste? So you get a ton of semi-sweetness. It's not as sweet as I thought it was going to be. First, it's the blueberry hits you right off because I think it, that, that acidic uh, note kind of just cuts through the other flavors. So it's heavier on the nose. And it's the first thing I taste in my mouth and then followed by mm-hmm. maple mm-hmm. and then kind of round it out like on the finish with coffee. So the order of things that I'm tasting, if this was a, uh, what is that gum from Willy Wonka, the, the five course dinner gum? I don't know what it's called, but I know what you mean. Yeah. The, the fizzy lifting gum. I don't know. Um, definitely first blueberry, then maple finishing with coffee which is a very pleasant order for that to happen in because yes. bite of pancakes, chase it with some coffee. I will say it is not too sour, which yeah. is one big thing I was very worried about. Like we don't want to get into the realm of, of sour coffee or no. maple syrup being too sour. Uh, I love that it says tart. Tart's a very appropriate word for the level of acidity that I'm experiencing right now. So I'm good with that. And the other factor is the sweetness. It's... Not nearly as sweet as I was anticipating for something that's heavy on maple, heavy on, what is it, blueberries? Or is it? Yeah. It is blueberries, yeah, yeah. right? Okay. I wasn't sure if I was just extrapolating. No. Uh, it was raspberries or something. Yeah. So I was anticipating more sweetness. So shockingly, for something that seems so over the top, this beer is a lot more subtle and a little bit more like nuanced and well-balanced than I was expecting. Do you know the ABV on a beer, not a beer like, do you know the ABV on Double Stack? Isn't it like eight or nine? I don't know. Could be. But either way, it's stronger than this one, which again is 6.4%. So I think some of that subtlety is probably owed to the fact that there's less booziness to hide behind. Mm-hmm. Um, but is it, would you say it's more drinkable than double stack? Whether or not you like it, I do not care yet, but do you think it's more drinkable? Hmm. I don't like the word drinkable. Can I change that? Do you, yeah. do you think it's, um, it's maybe you could drink more of it without feeling fatigued? No. Why not? Um, because it is still tart and it does have more sweetness. I mean, stylistically for me, I could drink more of a stout than I could a tart beer, I think just as a rule. And I think even though this one is a bit more subdued on the acidity, it would still kind of catch up with me and start to give me heartburn. Okay. And also the aftertaste is pure maple kind of like double stack. So that's taking over. And then I've got this weird kind of sour aftertaste in my mouth. It's, it's an unusual drinking experience. I would definitely recommend getting it and sharing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would personally probably only be able to drink about eight ounces of this before I'm kind of over it. Like I get it. I get the gimmick. It's it's a fun trick. It's a party trick that I only need to see once for maybe five to eight ounces. And it's a 16 ounce can? Mm-hmm. And you got it where? Uh, Philip James, friend of the show. Nice. Uh, did he get it locally or is it something he just, you know, 
No clue. We were real drunk, and he pulled it out of his fridge and put it in my hand. That's that's a good day. What is this? Yeah. Hang on. This must have been like, oh, did you? Sorry, you didn't get this because I showed you my great notion. You had this line around? I went to my fridge to see if I had any great notion beers or any of the other two breweries that you picked up, mm-hmm. and I, I had one, and I was like, actually, I had two great notion beers, one that a friend of uh, the show, Chad Rankin, gave me. Is he a friend of the then, show? I don't know. He's a friend of mine. You can't just tell everybody they're friends of the show. You got to earn that. Well, if you give me a beer and I do it on the show. You didn't do it on the show. No. So he's he's just Just Chad. <laughs> he's just Chad. He's a guy I know. Yeah. Okay. Great. Um, but he gave me uh, a sour as well. But this one seemed more fun, honestly. I like doing beers that I'm excited about. Just totally. like movies. You got to do this. You got a this canyon isn't date? a job. <laughs> I have to enjoy this. Do you have a canyon date on that biatch? Um, no. Mine's towards the top and it's kind of faded. I don't know if. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's looking. Three or eight, 321. Oh, she's old. Okay. She's well, she's seasoned. Sure. Um, to close the loop, double stack is 11%, which is more what wow. I thought it was. I thought it was like a pretty strong one. So, okay. Yeah. Um, I have drank most of a 32 ounce crowler of double stack. God, <laughs> so much. It was a lot. That's just, that's diabolically too much. Yeah, it's is is problematic. <laughs> so much sugar. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, okay, great. I'm not proud of it. That's but fine. I, I mean, you said it in a braggy kind of way, but whatever you say, I'd be well, proud of it, man. That's that's the moment that came to mind when you're like, "Could you drink more of this than double stack?" You're like, "I'm glad you asked, because no, because I drink I that have, by the fucking gallon." <laughs> I have tested the limits of how much one man can consume of and I double haven't stack. Found that limit yet. I haven't. I needed another crowler. All right, look, give me a give me an out of ten for unbalanced breakfast. Hmm. You know, I'm gonna give it a lot of points for being as balanced uh, for an unbalanced named beer as it is. I really ought to lose those points. Yeah. Right. It's pretty balanced, guys. Um, right, you've done, uh, you done. Fucked up the one thing. Yeah. Just flavor wise, I like this beer. Uh, I will say that I really, really like it. It's. It's not a style that I want to drink a ton of. That's not this beer's fault. Mm-hmm. So judged mm-hmm. solely just on this beer and the flavor of it, it's like an eight six. It's a really damn fascinating amalgam of flavors. I think this works, man. It's like a crazy wizard's potion where you just threw a bunch of stuff in a kettle and then magic happened. Now, like I said, I'm not going to drink a gallon of it, but. It's a beer that surprised me quite a bit, and it's it's new combinations of flavors. Uh, big props to them for the ingenuity, the creativity, and executing something that is so ambitious and, dare I say, outlandish. It's 8-6 for me. Give me one more or two more reasons why it's – I obviously know why it's not a 10. Why is not Why is it not quite a 9 for you? Because it seems like it could have flirted with that 9 if, if something, maybe even a small thing, were different. It comes down stylistically. I've had a lot of tart beers that were maybe on the same level of acidity that I could drink more of. I think I docked points just because of uh, not wanting to consume a great deal of it. All right. Fair enough. And I think there's only so much maple you can have. I think I might have honestly dialed down the maple on this a little bit just to balance it out even more Mm -hmm. because I still like... All I can smell right now is maple. Yeah. All I can taste in my mouth is maple. It just seems like Where, that would work to your advantage. I mean, or their it does and it doesn't because you have all these lovely coffee notes. And Mostra Coffee out of San Diego makes some amazing coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're the the coffee that J, um, Highland Park uses. Uh, for Modern Griff- Times Griffith? uses a bunch of their coffee. Oh, that's right. Um, so, yeah, you've had Mostra Coffee in quite a few beers. And it has such lovely notes that I wish I was getting a little bit of coffee in my maple syrup aftertaste. Sure. I think there was that element could have been amped up a little bit more even. Okay. Let's move into Hot and Bothered, shall we? Let's do it. Hot and I'm going to go first. Welcome to Hot and Bothered, everybody, by the way. Um, I recently-ish got back from a trip to the UK. I was in England and I was in Scotland. Um, and I've been back for just under two weeks and I am now in the past couple days feeling like I've finally gotten my feet under me again. Um, it's the combination of jet lag and like not responding to emails for a couple weeks cause I was on tour. Um, and just in general falling behind on stuff and like just now I'm kind of coming up for air and what that's been looking like for me is being able to not live, uh, 
a couple of days in advance, but like really looking at the next week or two or three or month um, as it pertains to things like this podcast or, or my job or whatever it might be. But the reason I'm bringing it up now is because I'm excited for the podcast, getting back into the swing of things. We've kind of missed a few weeks. I, I think honestly, like maybe three. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm stoked cause we've got our 300th episode coming up for our next one. And then we're going to have a little bottle share for that. And we're back to like planning movies, which I'll say now, by the way, there's a movie coming out this weekend. So if you're hearing this on a podcast platform, um, the day that it comes out, which is Friday, the movie Renfield is out in theaters. It's Nick cage. Um, his first role as a vampire since the infamous 1988 vampires kiss, which we are also going to be reviewing on our Patreon. So that'll be super fun. We've got some, unless you drank them at this point which we can just get more, but we've got a review coming for Monsters Hard Seltzers. How'd you know her? <laughs> just so soon. You're like, hey, how long are you going <laughs> to sit on those, you know? Um, which um, we did um, many moons ago. We did our review of Mountain Dew's Hard sel- or hard, hard Sodas, Hard Seltzers. Can't remember what they called Hard Seltzer. Um, which were surprisingly delicious. And I assume, you don't have to tell me now, Johnny, if you don't, but were, were the Monster ones good? You'll find out. Great. Um, so stuff like that's got me pretty jazzed. We're coming into warmer weather, so that does mean more like it's just like a different vibe, you know, like, like the podcast takes on a different vibe in the warm weather months, if that makes sense to you. Yeah, it does. It's fun. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked for it's, we get back in normal swing of things too. So that's, that's, that's my hot this week. What do you got? I love it. Yeah. It's not like you gave yourself much time to take a break when you got back either. I didn't. It was a mistake. flew back and played a gig that night. I played two gigs that night and our flight got delayed in Chicago. So we actually had to stay over. So then I had like 30 minutes from the time I got home to get to my gig. It was crazy. Yeah, you might as well have just not gone home at that point. I had to shower. I had I had plain I had plain butt. You know, plain funk. It's, just, it's <laughs> nothing to be trifled with. No, it's not. Yeah. So, um, man, I did not watch any movies in our in our time off. I I read a lot of books. I gamed a lot. I bought a PlayStation Five. I watched fourteen seasons of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and Damn. really turned really turned my critical brain off. Good. Uh, it was a much needed reprieve. It was nice to watch stuff and just giggle and drink a beer yeah. and not think about what I'm going to have to say about this to people that may or may not listen. Love it was kind of liberating. It was a it was a vacation from from critical thought, at least in an entertainment capacity. So that was it was a, I think that's the longest break we've ever taken. It and is. It was, Yes, it, it felt is. different. Like there was days when I missed it. There was days when I'm, I was happy. Mm-hmm. I had the week off. It just depended right. on how like my day at work went. Like kind of stoked. I don't have to go to a movie right now right. because, quite frankly, movie theaters since COVID suck. Are you kidding? I feel like it's the opposite. Nobody knows how to behave themselves in movie theaters. We've become a bunch of animals, Max. Well, here's the deal. Uh, Here we just got to go to movies again together because then we can do the good cop, bad cop thing. Yeah, but I think one of the pros, and this isn't quite because of COVID, but it happened sh- at least in Chico shortly before, is the assigned seating in like every screen, mm-hmm. which is so awesome. That's a huge pro, especially if you're if you want to be strategic, you can wait until like seven minutes before it starts, and you can look on your little phone and see where the clusters of boobs are, and you can sit mm-hmm. away from them. Yep, exactly. Beautiful. Or you can be like. Maybe I'll catch a different screening because there's less people in this one. I love that. Yeah, class. it's great. And it's it's I've modified what times I go to movies. I try and mm-hmm. populate the theater at times when most people don't go. Yes. Uh, so there there's there's pros and cons, but I don't know. It was nice to not have that stress. Yeah. Because anytime I have to shush someone, there's always the potential for an escalated confrontation, mm-hmm. and then I'm distracted. Like I'm thinking about them. I'm not thinking about the movie. So it's it's this whole mental spiral. Oh, I get but, it. Uh, uh, it was nice though. It was, it was a good break. I'm, I was really happy for you. It always makes me happy when you put out new music and you go play it and just you're out there living your dreams. And I was, I just gotta say, I'm gonna say it publicly. I was very, very proud of you. Thanks, man. That. Oh, also yeah. thanks for coming to that house show. I guess that's a hot too that. Yeah, had a great house. That was show. rad. I won't talk about it too much now, but that was super fun. So thanks for being at that thing. That was wonderful. Hell yeah, I loved that, dude. I've, I've told you, and I'll tell you. Anytime you've got an original set, I will be there. I appreciate it. I guess I do have one more thing then. If I, unless you're still going about something. Um, what else? Uh, no, just reading a lot of Jay Kristoff books, and I just a hundred percented Spider-Man Miles Morales on my PlayStation Five. Boom. Oh, nice, cool. Um. So I've been like sending out my new song that I released on Spotify, which is called Hunting. Uh, it's also not just on Spotify. It's everywhere. This isn't, that's not the, the plug is not the point of this. Anyways, I've sent it out to like various like bloggers and online publications. And um, by the way, people are very quick to say no. 
I thought about posting just like all the negative responses I've gotten. It's like, it's like one in five will be like, yes. So lots of no's, but I also opted in to auto distribute it to some like people who post songs on their like Instagram feeds, like their stories and their reels and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. What I failed to realize is that sometimes those are just people who are like trying to be influencers. And I think they get a little kickback from the promo money I pay for that to, to like get in front of them. Mm -hmm. So what you can see it now, dude, if you want, um, I'll send it to you. I'm not going to put this person on blast, but somebody shared it to their story today. And if you haven't heard that song or heard me talk about it, which I assume most people listening haven't, there's this, there's this verse in, in the song about, um, my best friend, one of my best friends that passed away from cancer. Um, mm -hmm. and that's the verse that this person shared on their story. And it's literally, it's like this, this influencer gal with like, you know, 150,000 followers, her name's like Persian princess or something. And it's her staring at the camera with like duck lips and a crop top being like, have you seen my most recent post? And then in the background is me singing about oh boy. Sean dying. And it's just like, I maybe should have been a little bit more selective of who I sent this to. Yeah. But it's so funny. It's like, I'm looking at it right now. It's I'll send it to you real quick. It's just like, come on, it's, whatever. I just thought it was class. Funny. Yeah. Well, they say any press is good press. I That's guess. literally, I wrote this down to like talk about on stage and it's the first time in my life. I wrote this in my notes. It's like, it's the first time I've had to evaluate that expression. Like is, is all press good press? Cause I don't know if it is. Right. But you know, we're giving her free press right now. So I guess it is. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, we didn't at her or anything. No, we didn't. So. And we won't. No, it's not Persian princess. I made that up, but it's like that. <laughs> it's <Perfect>. like that. <laughs> um, okay. You got anything else? Um, no, I think that's it, man. It was a good break, but I'm happy to be back. Um, I missed it more than I didn't. And yeah, same. I didn't just, we didn't just quit. So that's dope. We're still here. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, this show wouldn't be what it is without support of Bailey Minardi. Thanks to everyone on Patreon. Go check out the handlebar and Chico if you haven't yet. And my name is Max Minardi. My name's Johnny Summers. Be sure this week, dive into some Dungeons and Dragons content, be it a book, a novel, a movie, a video game. Try, try dip your toes in that world. You might just like it. But until next week, uh, drink some beers, watch some stuff, whatever. Do what you want, but just be good to each other. That's all I ask. Do that for me, please. See you next week. Mm -hmm.